And we're joined by Kanisa Tswaku, Sports24 Senior Sports Reporter, Commentator and Analyst. Kanisa, good chatting to you again. Uh, let's start with the bad news. The approach to South African men's side. Uh, is it just a thing, do you think, that they have to lose the first of a series and then come back and, and show us just how good they are? Good, good evening, John. For some reason, they are enjoying <laughs> doing that. But what becomes a problem is that um, there's context um, in every game. Um, there's context in that there's points. And when you look at the OCI mm. Super League in particular, it becomes a big issue for the Proteas in that they are losing points. They are currently 10th on the log of 39 points. That means they need to win the next two games to get past the West Indies to remove them from eight and also hope that other results go their way. So, I mean, Bangladesh now uh, all get set to go to the World Cup. They top of the loss with 110 mm. points. So it's not like your old school ODI series where you lose the first, but you can actually come back and win the series. It's actually every game has something at stake. It's the same thing with test matches. There's, there's, there's points at stake for every test match. So... Every game matters. I mean, so it's going to be interesting to see how they respond tomorrow at the Wanderers. All right, let's just talk about how many points, because that's important. There's 10 points for a win, zero points for a loss. So it's, it's not like it's very close. You're losing 10 points. And what did you say the lead is on 110 points? Yes, that, that's what Bangladesh have at the moment. Sure. Um, so, it's, um, so that's on 39. They've uh, haven't been able to win ODI series. Remember that the India series that they played, what did not count towards ODI league because that would have been a, a different story. Um, and then when you look at the Sri Lanka series that they lost last year, they lost 20 points in that series by losing 2-1. Remember mm. when they were in Ireland, there was one game that was washed out, but there was another one that they lost, and then there's other ODI that they won. So they've made a habit of actually chopping and changing seasons there. What becomes a concern for the coaches now is that the next series after this one consists of England, India, and Australia. And those are, those are catch-up series that they need to play. So if hmm. you look at it, they've got a total of 90 points that they need to contest. But whether they'll get those full 90 points becomes another story. And remember, they just need to complete the, 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 the Netherlands ODI series with two games remaining from that particular series. But it's mm-hmm. another 20 points because the first game at the end of the day was a washout. So those points are shared. Sure. Um, so now it becomes a very big problem for the players in that they cannot afford to actually lose ODI matches. I mean, test matches here, and then you can give or take a test match here, and then because it becomes very tough to win. Um, I, I think, especially with the manner which, which they start, you always feel that there's always going to be a test match grown or lost elsewhere in the world where you can actually make up ground. But with mm-hmm. the, and also remember with with the with, with with the World Test Championship, at least you're playing over a two year a two and a half year cycle, whereas this one you've got just one year left leading into the World Cup. I think from what I've been looking at, um, next year's World Cup will be held in October, September, October, which is a far cooler time of year in India because I think now we've come to realize that um, the May uh, the, the early March to to May period. Is now fully IPL, and that tells you how powerful the IPL is. Mm-hmm. And the World Cup is actually being moved now towards the end of the year. But at the end of the day, it's going to be very interesting to see um, how the protests respond, not only in the next ODIs, but how they approach other ODIs because they cannot afford these slow starts anymore. I know it's still early days in the, in the Super League, but you know, when, when Afghanistan have won seven out of nine, 
South Africa won three out of 11. It does hurt. I know it's, it's not exactly like that, but when Afghanistan are way ahead of South Africa, it doesn't make sense, but that's the way cricket is at the moment. Indeed. And look, I mean, it, it becomes a pity that the ICC is actually scrapping this ODI league because it does give those smaller teams like Afghanistan, mm. your islands, um, your Netherlands, an opportunity to play against these big teams and which is mandated by the ICC because now every game matters what like um, we say the total Kazakhstan Nagunin are just playing for the sake of it, um, just hosting Ireland for three ODIs um, right. just to give them a bit of a boost. Same thing with the other. It's actually, you play this team because there's something at stake. There's points that one needs to gather from this particular ODI. So, look, at, I mean, South Africa's hosting the next World Cup in 2027. So, one would feel that South Africa, even then, if, even if uh, as the host, they wouldn't uh, have to qualify. But what becomes interesting now is that South Africa do face <laughs> a very real prospect of having to play qualifiers in Zoom. Remember that mm. the West Indies actually had to take that route um, mm. in order to get to the World Cup, to, 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 to the last World Cup. All right, let's talk about the One Day International. Um, Bangladesh have got South African batting coaches, so maybe that's helping. But when they're... I'm just thinking, one, two, three players didn't score more than a run a ball. So it, it was an all-round fantastic batting performance, three players getting 50 or more. Was it poor bowling, or is it just Bangladesh have got some great batters at the moment? I mean, I spoke to Russell Domingo last week ahead of this week to preview the series, um, the tour itself, and he did mention that the first over cricket is the strongest suit in that it, it, it's the most widely played format in Bangladesh. And they're also able to attract players from your fringe players from Pakistan, from India, from Sri Lanka to mm. participate in the, in, the, in, in the district tournament. So it's, it's been a format that over the past six years, they've improved significantly. If you go back to how well they played at the 2015 World Cup, you look at how they played the 2019 World Cup, they beat South Africa there. And they asked a lot of questions of other teams in the particular World Cup. So it's become a format that they have, I mean, to, to be honest, if you take it back to 1999, it's the format that actually got them into um, yeah. chess cricket when they beat Pakistan. Uh, one would still feel that they were rushed into chess cricket by 20, 22 years on now. Um, they were far better state than they were at, 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 the, at that point. But when it comes to ODI cricket, they're pretty much a complete product. And they, they, they also were with batters like Nitin Das, Tamil Iqbal, uh, Shakib Al-Hassan, and Mushfiq Rahim, and a lot of scored runs. And they've got batters that can actually adapt to these particular conditions. So, look, they've got a very good size at Bangladesh. So, it, it, it does become um, a team that, they, that can't be underestimated when it comes mm. to 50 over cricket anymore. Well, to put on 314 against Ngidi, Rabada, Maharaj, Petlakwayo, that, that's going to go down in a book somewhere. Look, it's not the first time, if we are honest. If you remember <laughs> that they actually put, they put 300 plus of them against the World Cup, and they won the game by 21 runs. So, they've actually become a team that actually backs the batters that actually do the business against South Africa. Remember now that Bangladesh has already claimed an ODI series and against South Africa. They did that in 2016, which was Kaksar about us, the ODI, made an ODI series. Um, so, look, they, they do have a fair bit of um, intel to fall back on when it comes to actually beating South Africa. So, when you look at the positive in ODI, it's actually Bangladesh for South Africa, uh, Bangladesh for South Africa, mm. so it does become a okay. very big problem that South Africa actually starting um, to have difficulties navigating Bangladesh. Uh, let's talk about the South African batting then. 
Calvaron uh, doing okay, but then Milan, Bavuma, Makram. You you expect Bavuma to uh, thirty one or fifty five, a little bit faster maybe. Makram out for a duck. It's that middle order and the lower order that we're relying on again. It's it's quite Protea esque, isn't it? I won't say. I won't say. Um, it was a rare failure from Yanaman Malan. Um, he's he's been a very good batter through the format, mm. uh, especially in, in in white ball cricket. So that was a rare failure for him. Um, in terms of Carl Varein, we have to cut him slack. He's not an opener by any stretch of the imagination, but he was asked to fulfill that role in the absence of Quentin de Kock. So that became rather tricky, but he navigated as best as he could. I, I don't think he was, I think he was surprised at the quality um, of the fast bowling he needed to deal with um, from Bangladesh. Um, Temba could have and should have batted faster, but also I need to give credit to how well Bangladesh actually bowled at him. I made a marker become a particular problem because now... When you look at his past 12 ODI games, he's actually only crossed 41 when he made 96 mm. against Sri Lanka. He's got three thirties, and every, every score is under 20. So um, there's a big problem there with Aiden Markham. Um, the persistence with him um, is admirable, but you'd find now it's, it's becoming a big problem. Markham as a particular player picks himself. As a chess player, there's problems. As an ODI player, there's big problems. In an interview on Astrid Sunday Times, he did admit to me that um, he's, a, he's a problem pacing his game. And I see there's been, uh, he's been given a lot of rope um, in Test and ODI cricket. Um, but we start to wonder how much rope can he actually get. Uh, because, I mean, the, the 96 he made against Sri Lanka was just one major score um, out of generally a format that he hasn't succeeded in because he, in 38 games, only averages 24.98, which for better visibility is a very big problem. So, look, um, I mean, David Miller kind has been in very good form, actually, for the Dolphins through um, the CSA T20. Didn't have a start for the Dolphins in the 50-over uh, competition, but then he didn't convert. But he's actually looked at money. I mean, Rusty Van Adjusten, he's probably hitting um, a golden mark. I mean, for the Lions, mm-hmm. actually, he, he, the, the, the 50 he made on Friday was the third list 50 on the bounce. Remember, he made two 50 for the Lions, uh, rescuing him from difficult positions. Um, against Western Province and against uh, and against Western Province and and the Warriors. So this was third ODI, third list A first on the pound. So he's a man in form. So now it does. So the, the issue now becomes what to do with Aiden Markham, in particular. So I suspect that the the, the powers that be may persist with him, uh, but until when will be the question. I mean, look, <laughs> it's, uh, if if. If a, a radical decision that could be made would be if Colin the Cox is not fit tomorrow, if mm-hmm. to drop Aiden Markram, drop um, drop uh, Kyle Verain slightly down the order, and then open with Ryan Rickles to actually bat in the high, in, in the top order sure. for the Lions and actually give him his, his ODI debut. So look, I mean, it's, again, uh, tough to, at, at, at that level, tough decisions have to be made, and I mean, Aiden Markram. At some point, uh, the kidney club treatment may need to stop. And I mean, the, I think the same would also apply to Andy Lettis required because his bowling was unimpressive. Look, he, he, has, he, he, did, make, he did make a recent first class challenge, which was his first. But I mean, when you look at his overall performances for the ODI side over the past uh, 12 to 18 months, um, one does, he does give off the impression that he's a better passenger in the team. Well, six wise didn't help him either. Indeed, indeed. I mean, now yeah. you find that Actually, while this, one of the things that Tim mentioned in the press conference was that it was, was a toss-up um, between playing Andile and actually uh, between, between playing Keshav and playing Tabrai Shamsi. Now, one mm. realized that at one point, we actually played Tabrai and 
Okay, let's talk about the winning team. South African women uh, performing extremely well at the Women's World Cup. I was saying Australia, uh, Australia winning massively today. But there have been some fantastic matches at this World Cup. Um, big win for Australia, but still came down to the last three balls. Uh, last three balls, West Indies against Bangladesh. South Africa playing at the skin of their teeth as well, coming down to the final over. It's really been a fantastic testament to women's cricket. Not even a fantastic testament to women's cricket. This has been a proper World Cup. Except for <laughs> Australia, just showing everyone else flame. Everyone else has been very competitive against each other. And I think that's what you want in a World Cup where mm. no game, you wake up and no game is actually a given. Because, I mean, on another day, one would have thought that Pakistan would beat Bangladesh. That hasn't happened. I mean, one would have thought that the West Indies are going to cake off past Bangladesh. They only won by four runs. One would have thought another day that Southern New Zealand were going to actually beat South Africa. England are going to beat South Africa, but nope, mm. it has not turned out that way. And I mean, look, I mean, one of the things that Hilton Moray did say um, at the depart when they were when they were departing, one of the reasons why they played all four games at the Wanderers and asked for pitch to be to be prepared um, in a particular manner was that they realized that they've been playing on late season um, pitches in, in in New Zealand, and one needs to remember that New Zealand's first class season started rather early. So they could actually clear the grounds to allow um, the World Cup to take place unfettered. Um, I mean, Seddon Park isn't a very slow surface, but I mean, it's been on the very slow side. The University of Oakland, Dan Eden has been on the slow side. Okay, Eden Park in Auckland hosted its first game, so one would expect that drop and pitch at that particular ground to play better than the others. But you find even the Basin Reserve, which is New Zealand's most beautiful test ground, also played very slowly. So, I mean, it's end of season pitches. Both the pace has been taken off the ball. So, look, it's been a very, very good World Cup. It's also, I think the, the one thing about a particular Women's World Cup is that while in a Men's World Cup is a mixture of pace, of power and power and skill, you find that in women's cricket there's a lot more finesse and skill, whereas mm-hmm. because of such a lack of pace um, and a lack of power as compared to the men's game, they need to find other ways to make the game thrive. And, I mean, look, the, and the most enjoyable part about this Women's World Cup is the back, is the back to basics approach where they're playing old school ODI cricket where <laughs> they try to keep as many wickets in the back as possible and then launch later assaults. But what sometimes I realize they may not always have the batters. Um, not every team is going to have a DeAndre Dodge, not every team is going to have a Lizelle, not every team is going to have a Rachel Hayes. 
But what they do do well is that they corral the resources very well to ensure that if they've got wickets in hand, then they score heavily at the back end of an inning, which is, which is quintessential late 80s until mm-hmm. 1996 ODIs when Sana Chasuria and Ramesh Kaludarana then took Pinjiti to another level. So, I mean, it's, 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 to put it this way, it's the kind of World Cup where you want to watch, they want to watch, where you want to let kids who are learning the game watch. Not to watch T20 cricket, because T20 cricket is so much about <laughs> power, data, whereas if you want them to learn how to play the game, I think the Women's World Cup has been the prime example for as an educational World Cup from a mm. cricket perspective. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was going to, the, the question every World Cup uh, team gets asked is, do you have big match temperament? And when you see the last two wins by South Africa, the answer is yes, they do. Come up against Australia this week and the West Indies could be a little bit of a, a banana skin, but do you see us in the final against Australia? Well, one cannot say it's a given that Australia will be in the final. Knockout <laughs> cricket comes with a different set of pressures altogether. Um, I mean, look, New Zealand could still gather themselves uh, for a, a good semi-final push. England aren't quite out yet, but one would feel that another loss for them would make things rather heavy at the moment. So I think all due a loss. I can't see them beating Australia. Australia just uh, shoulder, head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, now, the West Indies is going to be a very, very tricky game because a lot changes on what the West Indies do now in the next game because they also need to solidify a semi-final spot. But again, uh, West Indies were in the lead-up to that game will also actually book a bit of spot in the semi-finals. So I think South Africa have done enough um, to finish at best lowest force because I think the mm. two teams that would have stood in the way of them getting a semi-final spot, that being England and New Zealand, all the teams have actually seen off. So now, um, this is the one game where I think that they've had to lose. Um, I think it's that game that actually puts your feet back on the ground um, mm. to realize that there's still there's, 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 there's distance between Australia and them. And then I think I think that West Indies came to be a very, very competitive one because we saw in the ODI, in the, in the women's ODI series that they played um, in February where it was a very, very competitive series. South Africa was safe, by the way, in the first one comprehensively. And then they, they, they lost on the, on the super over. And then other games are very, very closely contested. So it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how they approach the Australia game without being over, by, by, without being over all and overwhelmed by a clearly superior side. And also how they juggle the West Indies game because, again, the West Indies team is one that has actually given them um, uh, uh, some issues in the past. We have to leave it there, Kaniso. Fascinating tournaments, fascinating talking to you. Thanks very much for your insight. Kaniso Twako is a Sports 24 senior sports reporter, commentator, and analyst.